What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I'm here to break down eight of the matchups in week one. The other eight will come out tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. But first, let's get right into it. There's not a ton of news. Deontay Johnson, uh, he's you know he had a knee injury. It's not serious, but there's no word whether he's going to play this week. You know, if you have to make a decision, you know, to play like Brandon Cooks tonight or him, I'll probably just go with Cooks because no idea. We have no idea if Deontay is going to play. Um, what else? Amari Cooper. We don't know if he's going to play either. So that's another situation. You know, you can monitor what's you know their practices on Thursday to make a decision. And if you have to play someone like Brandon Cooks, you might have to do that. And I'd advise you know to do that because you know you don't know if these guys are going to play. Um, but that's uh, you know Daryl Henderson also. Listen, if Daryl Henderson goes this week, um, you know I, I still don't, I'm still not confident uh, playing him. You know, Cam Akers had a similar injury last week, uh, last year, and uh, he he didn't play, right? So I, I would I would just start Sony Michelle either way. You know, if he doesn't play, we know Sony Michelle's the guy. But you know, if it's a tough matchup, so keep that in mind. So if you have another option, great. But between these two guys, I think I prefer Sony Michelle, even if Dal Henderson plays. Um, all right, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Panthers and at Texans Thursday night football. Sam Darnold's actually a streamer in this one. He's been playing well. He has the weapons. He has the system. And this is a good matchup, right? So he's actually put up two solid fantasy weeks. Uh, nothing crazy, but solid. So if you need an option, you can play him. You're ob- obviously starting Christian McCaffrey. You're starting DJ Moore. He's been a very solid wide receiver too. 26% target share through two games. Uh, the matchup is solid. Terrence Mitchell... Uh, has been solid on Moore's primary side, uh, you know, on that right side. Uh, but he plays on the left enough to see Vernon Hargreaves, who's who's not been good, pretty much. So uh, he has been the most picked on corner on that defense. And we might even see a, a long play from Robbie Anderson because of it. Like, I wouldn't recommend starting Anderson. You know, uh, he's an upside flex play. It's crazy to say that because Anderson was a solid wide receiver, too, for most of last year. And he's seen only 12% of targets through two games. So that needs to go way up. For him to be in my lineups. Uh, Terrace Marshall, uh, his usage went down a bit in week two, so he's still more of a bench stash right now. There is a you know a possibility that he breaks out at some point this year as the number two target. Oh, I'm sorry, as the number three target behind DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. Um, now the Panthers defense is a good start this week because they're going up against a rookie Davis Mills in his first start. He did play last week, but this is his first start. Um, Panthers are favored by seven and a half points and the defense has been playing well. So it's a good recipe, uh, for a streaming defense. You're probably still playing Brandon Cooks. You know, it's not like we can say, oh, you know, without Tyrod Taylor, Cooks isn't going to do his thing because that's exactly what a lot of us were saying with Taylor, right? So like, you know, you know, that he wouldn't be able to keep Cooks fantasy relevant. And he's been among the league leaders at the wide receiver position in receiving yards, fantasy points. So, you know, I think he's a top 12 receiver through through two weeks. Uh, 50% target share in week two, 35% through through two weeks. Um, lofty number right there. Davis Mills himself targeted Cooks on nine of 17 attempts. That's more than 50% target share from Davis Mills. Uh, he also caught a touchdown from Mills as well last week. So all these other receivers have been in single-digit percentages in terms of target share. Um, you know, you have to downgrade him a bit because of quarterback change. Change and like I'll treat him as like a you know a borderline wide receiver two, high end wide receiver three uh, this week. 
Now, as far as the Texans' backfield, this is a four-man backfield. Rex Burkhead entered the rotation last week. This defense, uh, you know, didn't let Alvin Kamara do anything last week. So I'm not going and going near any of these uh, Texans running backs. David Johnson did get an increase, um, so keep an eye on him. But other than that, like I'm not even considering rostering any of these guys. All right, moving on to the Cardinals at the Jaguars. Uh, the Cardinals are favored by seven points. Uh, it would be more if they were at home, but they're not. They're playing in Jacksonville, 52-point over-under. Um, I, I just think about how the Texans had their way with the Jaguars' defense in week one and what Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are going to do to them this week. Um, obviously, Car- Kyler Murray's in. DeAndre Hopkins is in. Uh, this is a great matchup on the perimeter. The Jags have given up the fifth-most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last two weeks. Uh, the other perimeter wide receiver, by the way, is A.J. Green, but I don't feel comfortable putting him in a lineup. Uh, Christian Kirk is a flex option for upside. His usage did go up last week from a route participation standpoint, but his target share for the season is still about at about 15%. So you would like that to go up a bit uh, for him to be a consistent option. But we know that you know he can have a big, big play at any point uh, with Colin Murray. So, uh, and Rondell Moore, you know, uh, he's playing less snaps than Kirk, less running less routes, but he's had a higher target share overall. Uh, so he's actually the preferred play for me. He's being targeted on a third of his routes through week one and week two. Uh, when he's on the field, they want to get him the ball, obviously. And, and it's tricky, right? Because, you know, we had a small sample size. If the Cardinals play primarily 10 personnel, which is four wide receivers, you know, Moore and Kirk will both get enough looks. If they go three wide receiver, then my guess is that they will rotate a bit and the you know the, the prefer, preferential treatment will probably go Kirk's way in those situations. So you know we'll see if Rondell Moore's role grows even more in Week Three because it definitely grew a ton from Week One to Week Two. Uh, Chase Edmonds, solid PPR RB two start, fifteen percent target share is great. His route participation is great uh, for a running back, and his role in the rush game increased a bit as well, even in short yardage situations. So all good to see for Chase Edmonds. Uh, put him in your lineup. Uh, I wouldn't start Max Williams, personally, you know, tight end on the Cardinals. He had zero catches on one target in week one. And his route participation is under 60%, even in week two, when he got all those targets. So not something you want to chase. Marvin Jones on the other side, 24% target share through two games he's produced. 32% target share last week, wide receiver three this week. Um, He actually draws a tougher matchup of the three wide receivers on the right side, on the perimeter. But he's still the guy I'd bet on. If I'm betting on any of these Jaguars wide receivers, uh, Jones, you know, route, runs 50% of his routes on that right side against Robert Alford, and then the other 50% distributed between the slot and the left side. And, uh, and and the slot and the left side, that's where the Cardinals have given up the seventh most points and the 13th most fantasy points, respectively, over the last two weeks. That means that LaVisca has a good matchup, but that doesn't mean that he'll produce. Um, he has a shoulder injury. Uh, his A dot was extremely low. And I'm probably staying away, even though the target share has been there for him. Um, DJ Shark, I think, can exploit this matchup on the left side. So if you're looking for like an upside flex play, I, I, I wouldn't mind throwing him in my lineup for that. James Robinson, by the way, like his role did increase this past week. In week one, uh, he was actually not the primary rusher, just the primary receiver out of the backfield. In week two, he became the primary rusher and the primary receiver. So he is a flex option right now, but not a preferred one. All right, moving on to the Bengals and Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are, are favored by four and a half points, uh, 44 and a half over under. Um, 
with this Bengals offense and their offensive pieces, like you would have hoped that they would run a fast-paced offense, but it's just the opposite. Zach Taylor is coming under scrutiny for this, and I think rightfully so. Uh, but still, you know, this is actually a decent matchup for the Bengals wide receivers uh, as long as they can protect Joe Burrow. T.J. Watt isn't playing, so that helps. Um, but the Steelers, believe it or not, have given up the second-most fantasy points two perimeter wide receivers through two weeks. So advantage Jamar Chase, advantage T. Higgins. Uh, Joe Hayden has been playing well, but you know his side of the field still gave up the 10th most fantasy points so far. So these guys are still wide receiver twos. Higgins has seen 27% overall target share. Jamar Chase is at 20%. Tyler Boyd also saw a bump in target share from week one to week two, 15% to 31%. So this target share bump for Boyd and Higgins came at the expense of Jamar Chase in week two. Uh, we'll see how, you know, how that flips in week three. Um, but as far as Boyd goes, the Steelers have also given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers so far as well. So he's also a solid wide receiver three start, as we kind of pictured it going into the season. Uh, Joe Mixon still a start despite this t- tough Steelers offensive uh, defensive line. Uh, he's top five in touches so far. So And, and he ran a route on 71% of routes last week in addition to 100% of the rushing attempts. Uh, he's a bell cow. There's no other way to say it. So he should be started every single week no matter what the matchup is as an RB1. On the other side, uh, Ben's banged up. Deontay Johnson's banged up. Still don't know the extent of Deontay, Deontay's injury, and I mentioned that's a knee injury. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't go this week. You know, his Insta- he, he put on his Instagram story that, you know, that he, you know he, he referred to a comeback. So if he doesn't miss any games, what is he coming back from? So um, it's a little bit cryptic. The Steelers aren't giving up much information on it. So, you know, I, you know like, I'm not sure if I'm downgrading these receivers if Ben doesn't play. Because of his pec injury, like I will, I do think he will play. Um, Chase Claypool's route participation percentage slightly went down from week one, but his target share went up to twenty two percent, slightly higher, like twenty two percent overall for the season. So slightly higher than Juju's nineteen percent, but Chase was targeted downfield in both games compared to Juju being targeted within five yards of the line of scrimmage. So you know he's not being targeted downfield in PPR. I think Juju has a safer floor, uh, and in standard or half point leagues, I'd go. Uh, with Claypool. Both these guys have good matchups, though, you know, respective to where they're running routes. So, you know, they're, they're likely in lineups this week. Uh, Najee, Najee Harris came through last week with a good game in PPR. Uh, that's what I'd, I'd expect most weeks, to be honest with you. He caught five of five targets. He's running around more than 80% of Ben's dropbacks, which is ridiculous. So he should be in lineups because of that, especially in PPR leagues. All right, moving on to the Ravens at Lions. Lions are, Ravens are favored, obviously, by nine points, 50 point over under. Uh, you're starting Lamar, obviously, who's coming off a great fantasy performance last week. Tyson Williams is the leader of this running back committee. Uh, but Devontae Freeman did enter the rotation in week two, so this is now a three-man backfield. We'll see what they do this week. But Tyson is the only playable guy for me. He has been playing pretty well, too. Like, he's he's getting some targets here and there, which helps his floor. He's running around on almost 50% of Lamar Jackson's dropbacks, which is pretty damn good for a running back. Uh, and Mark Andrews, you got to keep the faith in him, man. Like, he's running around on 90% of Lamar's dropbacks. The boom is coming, I promise. Marquise Brown has a 31% target share through two games. He's a solid wide receiver three right now. Sammy Watkins is a flex play. Uh, the Lions, like on paper, have a lot of ton of fantasy points to wide receivers, but the two opponents they played, you know, the 49ers and the Packers, really only have one wide receiver that they have used over the last two weeks. So that take that with a grain of salt, right? Uh, Jared Goff, uh, on the other side, had two straight good fantasy performances, and a lot of that because of garbage time and, and volume. 
Uh, but the Ravens have given up like 400 yards passing per game over the last two weeks. One to Derek Carr and obviously one to Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, I think he is uh, an actual, he's an okay streamer this week if you really need one. TJ Hawkinson's balling. Eight catches and a touchdown in each of the first two games. You got yourself a high-end tight end in him. Uh, the Ravens also have allowed the most fantasy points to the tight end position over two weeks. So you didn't really need a reason to keep Hawkinson in your lineup, but that's a pretty good one. Maybe maybe you use him in DFS because of that. Uh, the backfield usage between DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams got a lot closer in week two than it was in week one. And honestly, it could have been because Williams was facing the, his former team, and I feel like Dan Campbell is the type of guy to let him get more playing time because of it. But I got to downgrade Swift a little bit to a high-end RB2 instead of an RB1 this week because of it, right? Um, Jamal Williams, PPR, flex play. These two guys are leading the NFL in targets to the running back position. Quintess Cephas had two straight weeks with a touchdown. Uh, Terrell Williams is not expected to play this week. I keep an eye on Jimmy Smith's practice status. If he plays, I'm less inclined to play Cephas as a flex. But if he's out, I'm fine doing it because Cephas will get away from Marlon Humphrey enough uh, that it's fine. All right, moving on to the Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are favored by nine points, over under 46. Uh, Antonio Gibson is an RB2, and hopefully his targets go up a bit. Juan Rivera said that his shoulder is fine. Um, he, he was being targeted on early downs in week one a ton, 26% target share, right? That's huge. Um, that went down to 5% in week two. You know, but, you know, listen, with all the two-minute opportunities Washington had in week two, it was McKissick's show. That's not going to happen all the time. It happened in the first half, and then it happened in the second half. So it was just bad luck for Gibson. He'll be fine. RB2, solid RB2. A lot of people thought that Christian McCaffrey, you know, role was going to be in his cards this year. If you listen to me, you would have known that that might not have been the case. I'm sorry to, you know, whoever you listen to. But that being said, you know, this game script can make McKissick of PPR flex, but he's just not a reliable start. You really need Washington to have the ball in those two-minute drills for McKissick to come through. It's a very specific thing you're looking for if you're starting him, which is why, if I can, I'll stay away. And by the way, if you do start him, only in PPR leagues. Terry McLaurin, last week, 32% target share uh, with Taylor Heineke. That's awesome. You know, keep starting him despite what can be a tough matchup against Tredavious White this week, potential shadow situation. But it was a tough matchup last week as well against James Bradbury, and he came through. Uh, behind him, the target share is really distributed, but I'd keep starting Logan Thomas as a low-end tight end one. 16% target share through, is solid, you know, pretty solid through two games. I'm not streaming Taylor Heineke this week. Uh, I still play him as a quarterback two in Superflex or two QB leagues, uh, with him likely having to pass a ton later in the game with the Bills favored by nine at home. Uh, Stefan Diggs on the other side, he's in. I know Josh Allen hasn't been himself, but the Bills remain very pass-heavy. I'm still starting him. Uh, I think once this offense starts coming on, I'd expect Emmanuel Sanders even to become a factor while he's healthy for fantasy. Uh, he just hasn't had the production yet, uh, but he is the number two receiver here. Overall, I think this matchup isn't that bad for wide receivers. Um, they've given up the seventh most fantasy points to the position and the sixth most to perimeter wide receivers like Diggs and Sanders. I'm talking about Washington here. Uh, I'm not starting anyone in this backfield. I'm talking about the Bills now. Uh, I know Singletary had that big run last week, but they're starting to involve Zach Moss a little bit, and this backfield doesn't really use their running backs too much when they're in games. So keep an eye on Dawson Knox as well. His participation went up in a big way. So if you're scouring the waiver wire for a tight end, he might be a decent option as a flyer. 
All right, moving on to the Saints at the Patriots. Uh, very low-scoring game, according to Vegas. Uh, Three-point game here. Uh, I wouldn't start Jameis, but you know, like we saw what the Patriots did to Zach Wilson last week. Jameis, obviously more seasoned, but he's prone to an interception or two. Right, a lot of the Saints' offensive struggles, you know, were blamed on the fact that a bunch of their coaches weren't on the sidelines. Who knows that they'll be back this week? But you know, who knows if that was the re- real reason? Um, I'm starting Kamara on this offense. That's about it this week. Uh, I'm not starting Marquez Callaway. You can still stash him if you want. You know, once the Saints' offense figures itself out, he could be relevant. Uh, I won't be starting Mac Jones. Uh, I don't even want to start Damian Harris either because of the Saints allowing only 2.7 yards per carry through two weeks. Uh, he's a low-end flex for me this week. I'm fine starting James White, though, in a full PPR league as a solid flex player. If you have to throw him in, in your RB2 spot because of necessity in the PPR league, I get it. Full PPR only, by the way. Jacoby Myers leading this team in targets, uh, but I'm not confident this week. He's a low-end flex option with not a lot of upside this week. Okay. So basically, I'm staying away from the CNC Patriots <laughs> outside of Alvin Kamara, pretty much. Um, and maybe a little bit of James White. All right, moving on to the Chargers at the Chiefs. 55.5 over under. Chiefs are favored by a little bit less than a touchdown, 6.5 points. High scoring game, obviously. You're starting Patrick Mahomes. Justin Herbert hasn't got it done for fantasy, but he's throwing more than 300 yards each game. I think he does the same in this week. I think the touchdowns will come. He's a low end quarterback, one this week. Uh, Keenan Allen doing his thing. Mike Williams with a brand new role, working all parts of the field, getting targeted. I'd expect him to be a lot more consistent this year than in the past. Both him and Allen are wide receiver twos right now. Uh, Jared Cook is a streamer if you need one. The Chiefs have given up a decent amount of receptions and fantasy points to tight ends through two weeks. And the second most receiving yards to the tight end position as well. Austin Eckler uh, did what he did best in week two. He commanded 23% of target share. And now that he's in line for goal line work too, he's a top five PPR back. Going into week three. Uh, by the way, Justin Jackson played ahead of Larry Roundtree in week two. So that I, I drop Roundtree if he's taking up space on your bench. Tyreek Hill, you know, on the other side of the ball, he had an off game last week. But you're obviously starting him. Travis Kelsey, also in your lineup. Uh, Nicole Hardman, desperate upside option if you need it. But he's not dependable. Uh, you know, this, tar- this Chargers pass defense has been playing you know, pretty good against wide receivers. They're allowing the, la- the second least amount of fantasy points to the position. All right, Clyde was hilarious. You know, he- he's a flex option right now because he's not being used in the pass game. He needs more attempts in the run game. And he and obviously, you know, or he needs more targets, right? It's really hard to depend on him. Now, I'm going to rank him as an RB2 this week because if there's any week the Chiefs decide to use him, it's this one, right? Because of the fact that the Chargers are pretty good against receivers, and the fact that the Chargers have allowed the most rushing yards to running backs over the last two weeks. So they're giving up five, five and a half yards per carry. I'd give him another shot this week if I have him. Hopefully he's not your RB1, but as an RB2, I would play him. All right, moving on to the Falcons at the Giants. Uh, 48 and a half over under this game. Vegas thinks this game is going to be close. They only have the Giants favored by three points at home. And by the way, they give three points to the team at home every time. So the Falcons, you know, they remain pretty pass-heavy because of the fact that they've been behind in games. Calvin really isn't is an overwhelming target share, uh, but he's he's still getting a very healthy 23% uh, through two games. I'm continuing to start him as a wide receiver one, even with the James Bradbury matchup. Uh, Russell Gage is hurt. More opportunities for Kyle Pitts. Pitts, by the way, is getting elite usage. He's running around with 80% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks. That's all I need to know. For a tight end, that's awesome. 
Uh, he showed that talent last week. Keep him in your lineup. Um, let's see. Mike Davis still leading the Falcons' backfield. He's still getting a solid number of targets. Overall, at 17% target share for Davis through two games. That's awesome. Patterson's at 12%. Uh, he'll continue to be involved, but Davis is the better start. Patterson is a PPR flex play if you need it, and Davis is an RB2. On the Giants side of the ball, um, Daniel Jones is a streamer. Uh, he's getting some real design rushing attempts on top of his scrambling, and he's in line to score rushing touchdowns. The Falcons have given up the most fantasy points to quarterbacks so far through two weeks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he shits the bed, but you got to hope that he comes through in a great matchup. Sterling Shepard is a wide receiver three-star, but I wouldn't be surprised here if some of the production starts moving and distributing towards Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley, some of the targets moving to Evan Ingram as well. Um, you know, Galladay, he got the usage in week two, 21% target share. He led the team in air yards. I think it's just a matter of time before he starts producing. And if you're listening to this before Sunday, I think he's still a buy low because against the Falcons, a little bit of a blow-up spot, Right. I think Saquon is a solid RB2 start this week. He got the usage last week in terms of snaps. His route participation jumped from 39% to 75% in weeks one, from weeks one to week two. So we saw him get that long run as well last week. He still got the juice, so I'm fine starting him this week finally. I won't be starting Evan Ingram just yet if he plays. I want to see him be pretty involved before he's in my lineup. And that's all we got. That's eight games for you real quick. Uh, the other eight coming to you tomorrow on Friday. That's how we usually do it. I know that today's podcast was a little bit late, uh, the Thursday podcast. Um, I couldn't get that going. But hopefully, you know, in most weeks, they'll be up early on Thursday morning. Uh, Thursday morning podcast, Friday morning podcast tomorrow. I hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy the game tonight. See ya.